0: Hi everyone, and thanks for listening to Visibility, the monthly podcast produced by CID, the Council for Intellectual Disability. Here, we'll be telling our stories and exploring some of the issues that impact people with intellectual disability. To find out more about our work, visit www.cid.org.au. Now, settle in and enjoy.
1: In the spirit of reconciliation, the Council for Intellectual Disability acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hi, and welcome to the Council for Intellectual Disabilities Visibility Podcast. My name's Adele, And I'll be chatting today to someone who's both a person who identifies with an intellectual disability as well as being part of the LGBTQIA plus community. I'd like to welcome Cameron. Hi, Cameron. Thanks for chatting with us today.
0: Hi, how are you? That's all right.
1: Yeah, I'm good. I'm very good. I'm really excited um, to have you on the Visibility podcast today. Cameron, can can we start by um? Can you just tell us a little bit about um yourself and what and what you what you do in the in the space with regards to um disability rights and queer rights?
0: Yeah, not a problem. Um, well, m- uh, my name's Cameron. I'm a self advocate with a group called Rainbow Rights, which is a Group in the LGBTIQ community, and we meet like fortnight and the discussion of issues and bring it, how to bring them to, into the community. And I also do also voice at the table, which is a which is an organisation that goes around training organisations how to include people with cognitive disabilities
1: in meetings. Oh, that's so good, isn't it? Because inclusion for everybody is really important. It is. And so, I guess you know, for you um, being someone who, who I guess is part of two groups that you know sometimes the community can struggle with. Sometimes people don't understand people with intellectual disability, or maybe can't relate to somebody in the queer community. Was it was it more difficult to you for you? Do you think it's seeing as being seen as a sexual being? In, in a way, yeah,
0: yes, it is um, because. Um, uh, you know, some people don't understand that if you have a disability, you also have a, also a sexual ch- choice preference as well. You can either, yeah, you, know, you can either be a straight male with a disability or female, or you can be in the LGBTIQ community. You do have uh, options to choose out of if you identify as LGBTIQ.
1: Yeah. And so did you did you find that it was uh, was it harder for you to come out because of that were people do people take you seriously cuz you, you take you seriously but was that was that difficult maybe you could tell us how you sort of um came out yeah well um when i when
0: i came out i was in the custody centre in melbourne uh my mum come and visit me and in the at the custody centre you you don't have contact visits so it's all behind a box you're in a box with a screen protecting you in front of you and my mum asked me if I was gay and I turned around and said yeah I am gay and she then she said why are you telling me now I said you see this window you can't get to me
1: (laughs) it was safety for you was it yes and and I guess that you know as much as that's a funny story and thank you so much for sharing that Cam um I guess um you know you you have to go on a journey sometimes don't you
0: yeah, sometimes you do, you know. Um, you know, and like when I when I, when I come out, I wasn't sure how my parents would react if they would be happy if they, you know, it, it, because they're sort of you know, in in the old school sort of, ah, uh, you know how when I say old school, as in back when they were younger, they wouldn't have it wouldn't be as open as it
1: is today yeah that that is the case for for people regardless of ability isn't it that there's you know where equality is important and uniqueness is important, and we're all just as important as each other aren't we exactly. And so um, what, may, what sort of pushed you into perhaps becoming more of an advocate? I mean, you could be someone who, you know, uh, lives with a disability and is queer but doesn't really talk about or isn't part of any sort of group. So what made you feel like you needed to speak out and be a self-advocate? Well,
0: um, I just thought it, it's about time that I stood up for myself and um, mentioned, you know, like, yeah, just stood up for myself and, brought it out there to the community saying hey look yes there are people with disabilities in the community and yes we do have a sexual choice and a preference yeah so don't judge us for who just don't put a
1: label on who we are yeah and so is this also about like representing so you're sort of saying look not not everyone's necessarily going to speak up about this but you feel you feel compelled to do so. What 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 do you hope the outcomes of that are? What, what what do you hope to do when you speak up?
0: It's more of a the acknowledgement of you know the recognition that we should get uh, instead of being treated like second class citizens. Yes, we already have a disability, but we also want to be recognised to fit it in part of the community so yeah we've got an intellectual disability we also want to rec- say look I have an intellectual disability and I'm gay I want people to accept me for who I am in the community not not saying no oh, look you've got an intellectual disability you don't know what you're talking about
1: um, so so Cameron um, so do you now do you now find that you surround your, yourself with people who understand you more and can give you that support?
0: Yeah, I I do find myself uh, surrounded by people who give me the support and the respect that um, we
1: need and deserve. So... So Cameron, because you're part of um, you're part of different groups that help you to uh, push your message forth about being a person with intellectual disability who also identifies in the queer community, and you understand the barriers that people face. What what are some of the things that you know some of your peers share with you, or some barriers that you've faced?
0: Well, some of the like uh, peers like. Um, People have gatekeepers in their life. So a gatekeeper, which ter- which which pretty much means that someone controlling their life for them, not letting them do anything, you know, not letting them have a partner or step it in, you know, not letting them be, you know, um, active in the community uh, or have choices or have anything to say or, or even, ha- you know, sometimes people got to ask permission for what to do and where to go and what to eat and how to spend their money.
1: Nobody wants that over the age of 18, do we? No, we don't. I mean, it must be interesting because, you know, all of us have our stories and being able to share our stories with one another often gives you hints and tips about what you might do yourself. So do you find that having that sort of peer support helps you in that way? It's informal, but it's, you know... Sharing, sharing advice and um, maybe helping other people to navigate their way a little bit?
0: Yeah, uh, I do sometimes like to give my advice out to people that, um, and if they choose to take it, it's up to them. Um, I also try and stick up for my fellow, uh, fellow uh, members and all that and, you know, um, to help them out if they need help.
1: Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? I think, you know, for all of us, we all need varying types of support in our lives, whether it be, you know, someone to help you be more organised, someone to just, you know, uh, come and do some gardening around your house, or whether it be around, yeah, navigating something that you've kind of been through yourself. Yeah, Thanks, Cameron. It's really great chatting with you. We're just going to take a short break and then we'll be back to continue our conversation with Cameron on the CID Visibility Podcast.
0: You're listening to Visibility, the podcast produced by the Council for Intellectual Disability. If you're enjoying this episode, you can support us by reviewing us through Apple, Podchaser or your favourite listening app.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to CID's Visibility Podcast and we're here today with Cameron who's chatting about being a person with intellectual disability and identifying in the LGBTQIA community. Welcome back Cameron. Thank you. It's really great chatting with you about your experience and the way that you're able to share a lot of your wisdom through some of your work with Rainbow Rights. And I want to chat to you a little bit more about socialising and maybe talking about, you know, how you, if you're in a partnership or if, you know, how you've sort of gone navigating dating in, in this space. Yeah, not a problem. So, yeah, do you have a partner at the moment, Cameron?
0: I do have a partner at the moment. Yes, he's a lovely guy as well.
1: I'm so pleased to hear that. So how did you guys meet? Uh, we went through Facebook. That's great. And so did you Did you both feel comfortable introducing yourselves to each other's families and things like that when you got serious, I guess?
0: Yeah, we did. We did. You know, it, uh, it, it was easy, you know, um, sometimes nervous because both of us have disabilities and it's just, it was just nervous, you know, because, you know, with more his family, they're more protective, you know, make sure, you know, that, their child doesn't get used or abused or
1: you know yeah that's a that's a big deal isn't it because you mentioned before the gatekeeper where some people really have um you know very well meaning family members perhaps friends etc who are really trying to protect you know their loved one who has a disability but um yeah there's a fine line between being worried about someone and and overprotecting so i hope that um you won them over with your charm. Cam. Well,
0: I well I did, and and they weren't they weren't. I would say they weren't gatekeepers. they will just been over over cautious because we met on Facebook, and you know, and the last time he organised to meet up with someone for for the movies, they never showed up. So they'll just rode, and if I would show up for the first time.
1: Yeah. And that's it. It it's more about that they wanted to make sure and and I think that's like what friends would do too. I'm uh I'm trying to think if I've ever been on a date through an app and I'm pretty sure that I let a friend know exactly where I was and what I was doing and I think that that's important, isn't it? To really just for for anyone to be protected is for you to kind of know who you're meeting, where you're meeting them, that it's in a public place. Exactly. Yeah, and that you feel safe, that you feel really safe. Yeah. All right, so um, so how long have you guys been together for?
0: Nearly three years. We, we, we live separately, so he lives with his parents and I live um, in, in a place of my own. But, yeah, uh, we, we live, um,
1: we've been nearly
0: together for about three years now.
1: That's great, and do you ever find that you get any kind of community sort of negativity or barriers when you spend time together in public or when you are out in the community? No, we don't. We don't actually. Everyone, you know,
0: you know, it's if if we did, we'll just tell them to mind their own business. It's none of their business. What you know?
1: Yeah. That's it, isn't it? And I think anyone can get that. Um, humans are naturally inquisitive creatures, aren't we? Yeah. Um, and so I wonder, Cam, like, um, have you had much experience in sort of LGBTQI social spaces? Do you, do you otherwise sort of, um, you know, go out socialising, clubbing, go to specific places where you particularly feel comfortable and welcomed?
0: To be honest, I don't go social clubbing because I reckon it's a waste of money. It's easier to drink at home. <laughs> that's just that's just my um that's just my thing because I you know, pay like eight, ten dollars for a bourbon when you can buy <laughs> you know, a big bottle of bourbon at home and and it'll be a lot cheaper than and you can use a bigger glass. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You can choose your own music. You can choose your company. It's a beautiful thing being able to um, socialise at home. So it's not really – it's not Cameron about you not feeling included. Is it just more just not your vibe? Yeah, it's just – yeah,
0: it's just not my vibe. I'm not a part – I've always been like that. I'm not a party-go person who likes to go out nightclubbing with the loud music
1: and the whole bunch of strangers – yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's a, it's important to, um, I guess, get out and about in the world, though, otherwise. And so I just wonder within your peer groups, because, I mean, you're representing as um, a gay man, but within the LGBTQIA community, um, you know, we're covering and talking about lesbian and gay and bisexual and transgender and queer, queer relationships. So I wonder how, how does that... Um, you know, do you have? Do you find that you now have a mixed, a bigger variety of friends, being part of different advocacy groups as well?
0: I do have more of a variety of um, colleagues, I'd say. Not not necessarily. I wouldn't say everyone that I work with or know is work friends. They're more acquaintances. So I got I got a variety of acquaintances that are, are out there that know who I am, and they and I know who they are. You
1: know, so it's just, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I think that just knowing it and, and having people that you identify with in the community, do you think it would have helped you growing up, like when you were a kid, to have seen um, people who seemed like you in the community or known anyone who perhaps also had a disability but identified in the queer community? Well,
0: when I was a kid, I wasn't really. I didn't really come out as a kid. I just sort of um, hung around with people. I went to mainstream school for a bit, and it was just people. I was just friends. I was hanging out with, so you know they they didn't care if I had a disability or not. You know, and that's the best thing about that's the best thing about being a kid. They don't care. They don't judge. That's that's so great to hear. It's really important, isn't it? And t- yes, until you get older, and then everyone judges you.
1: Um, it sounds to me like you didn't have too much of a rough time with no. sort of like getting to getting to grips with your identity yourself.
0: No, Is I right? I, didn't, I no I didn't have much a hard time. Um, you know, other people may have had a harder time than I did. You know, I'm um, um, you know, so it's more of the gatekeeping around people, you know. Um and unfortunately with our with our group it's with the Rainbow Rights, it's mainly um it just worked out to be apparently all males we have one female member now mm but most of its males it's uh it's sort of we want more female members but it's hard for it's harder for females to either come
1: out or you know yeah i'm not sure so in your experience, Cameron, you're saying that um sometimes it's a little bit easier for um for men to come out in, in your experience in the LGBTQI community with people with intellectual disability, it's a bit easier for men than it is for women. And so that's maybe a bit of a gap in people's sort of understanding or women's confidence.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that is a bit of a gap. Um it just makes it it just makes it harder yeah, because not. I don't know many women that with a disability, with an intellectual
1: disability, that have actually come out. Hmm, that's really interesting. Okay, so I wanted to talk to you about um, sexual relationships and sexual health. You don't have to reveal anything that you don't want to, but I just wonder about you know, because it's about information and access, so understanding your body, understanding, you know, the impact of different sexual contact to your body. Do you feel like you had access to that information as much as everybody else?
0: I, yeah, I reckon I did. Um, you know, they briefly talked about, like, say, for example, when I was younger, sex ed in school, it, it wasn't really, it was just normal straight sex ed, you know, I've got more information now, like, through Thorn Harbour Health in Victoria. You know, so I get, can access more information now as an adult than I can did when I would have been younger.
1: Yeah. And do you think that, that that's because things are more readily available in, say, like, pamphlets in easy read, in accessible language for you?
0: Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's more available now because... Back when I would have been a younger, it wouldn't have been highly highlighted for to do things in easy English.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's that's quite a new thing. And that's really about having um, a picture and then a simple statement to describe what's happening, isn't it? Exactly. And so do you think that that's something that's important to have that information for kids and for everybody, no matter how they identify?
0: That is important. It makes, makes it go everything got a lot easier and smoother.
1: Yeah. And so what would you say to, um, you know, anyone out there who's listening who maybe is someone with an intellectual disability and thinks that they might be identifying in the queer community? What would you say to them, Cameron?
0: Well, what I would say to them is just, you know, be honest and, um, you know, hopefully the support you've got around you at the time will, will be respectful of your decision and if, especially you can also reach out to Rainbow Rights uh, if you've got intellectual disability um, and it just mainly hopefully that people can, you know, respect your decision um, that you make.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Cameron. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting well, with you today to and I really you. appreciate yeah, thank you, and it's just been so good, um, hearing interesting sort of and insightful information. And you know, I think it's a good takeaway for people to really just, in general, for a more equal, um, society, be respectful of individuals and all all of our wonderful, um, quirks, decisions, choices, and and to respect one another, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is.
1: And to those of you listening, thank you as well. Please join us next month for our episode on friendships from the perspective of a person with intellectual disability. Until then, take care.
0: You can support our podcast by leaving a review to Apple or your listening app of choice. Until next month.